This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm so thrilled that you joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And I love greeting you with those words every day to remind you that even today is a day that we should be giving thanks. I want to talk about that today, Thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, we have entered into the 11th month of the year. You know that that brings a whole lot to us by way of midterm elections. That's happening, certainly. Veterans Day is right around the corner. We should certainly be celebrating that. But Thanksgiving will be here before you know it. But you don't have to wait. I went on to my Facebook page and was looking at a few friends who already have Christmas trees fully decorated and up in their homes. I call those good people overachievers. But what they do reflect is the fact that they've entered into the mood of the moment the attitude of gratitude, they have already began to give thanks. And you know, Thanksgiving is not something that we should take lightly. At least gratitude should be considered a serious Christian virtue. What happens to our lives when we have it? And what happens to our lives when we don't have it? What happens to a generation who maybe has missed out on cultivating the Christian virtue of gratitude? That's what I want to talk about today with one of my favorite guests, Dr. Kathy Cook. I want to talk about how to grow gratitude in kids. Now, uh, as the, the proud papa of five, I often have Kathy on, and it is some for you, but a lot for selfish reasons and motives. I got five <laughs> kids that I would love to cultivate gratitude in their hearts, and I want to learn how to do that well. Kathy Cook, for those of you who may not know, is the founder and president of Celebrate Kids, Inc. That's based in Fort Worth, Texas. And she also is the co-founder of Ignite the Family, based in Alpharetta, Georgia. She's influenced thousands of parents and teachers and children in over 30 countries. She's been a keynote speaker in many messages, seminars, chapels, and other events. I love everything she writes. And I say that sincerely. You know, there's certain times when I recommend a particular book but there are certain times when I recommend an author and just say whatever they write, read it. And Kathy is one of those authors. So whether it is a great smarts or screens and teens or start with the heart or five to thrive or resilient kids, pick it up, read it. You'll be a better parent and a better person because of it. Kathy joins me today. Hey, Kathy, how are you? Well, I'm fabulous. And thank you for your generous comments. Good heavens, I have a smile on my face. You're very well. Kind. Well, you're a blessing, and I'm I'm grateful f- to dive into this topic because this is something that, man, do I find myself trying to instill in my children. And there are certain times when I feel like, hey, we are seeing that, 
and uh, they're in a really good and healthy season as it pertains to thankfulness and gratitude. And there's other moments where I'm like, hey, wait a minute, sir. Wait a minute, ma'am. Where's the gratitude? Where's the, the attitude of appreciation? So let's just back up for just a moment. And I want to know, why are you so passionate about this, this subject? Why is gratitude so important? Yeah, I appreciate that. I was raised with my brother to be grateful people. I come from a wonderful family that I think did express gratitude well. It wasn't something we were obligated to do. It was something that we did because it was who we were. And so that it's always been important to me. And the research that I've done about character has been very intriguing to me to see the benefits of gratitude when it comes to other qualities of a person. And then the other reason, Chris, is, you know, I wrote the book Screens and Teens, and I've studied for years the effect that technology has on young people. And one of the effects is entitlement. And so when I'm out and about speaking, as I was just last weekend in, in Philadelphia, the people are upset about how entitled their kids and their grandkids appear to be. They are demanding, argumentative, and complaining, and, and not grateful. And that's partly because technology has taught them that they can have whatever they want when they want it, which is right now. So we have to battle back, and we have to be strong and say no and say yes appropriately so that our kids will experience the blessings that you and I have experienced because gratitude does result in blessings to even the person who's grateful. You know, I uh, was trained in economics and, and finance as kind of my first language. And in finance, there's this term of opportunity cost. What happens mm. when you invest in something? What do you miss out on if you don't invest in, in certain things? And so what's the opportunity cost if we don't have gratitude? What happens, in your opinion, in not only the individual but the family? Oh, what an interesting question. I think we become demanding. I think we become self-centered and selfish. We're never satisfied. We become envious. There's always somebody else that has something that's, you know, bigger, brighter, better, faster. And that it would rob us of joy that we're promised in our relationship with Christ. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting that you you, uh, brought it back to joy. You know, I tell my kids this, and and I really do believe this with all my heart, that the starting place of joy, the birth of joy, is not when our circumstances change. It mm. really is when gratitude is birthed in us. And that is an empowering thought to me, that I don't have to wait for a new boss. I don't have to wait for a new house. I don't have to wait for a different doctor's report. I can have uh, joy because I can choose gratitude at any given moment. And to me, it really is a game changer. Uh, and I know that that's true in your heart and mind. And maybe you're a parent who's listening to us or a grandparent, and you say, you guys are singing my song. I am <laughs> living this right now. I got a teenager or uh, a child that uh, maybe I'd love to cultivate to say more. Maybe you're a new mom or dad. And you're wondering, what do I need to do to make sure this is a part of the ethos of our family? I love that Kathy said that this is just who we were. This is who we are as a family. How do we develop that type of family uh, environment and character? I would love for you to join the conversation. The phone number is 877-LIVE-675, 877-548-3675. I want you to join the conversation with your questions about cultivating gratitude, growing gratitude 
in our kids. Again, 877-LIVE-675. All right, Kathy, uh, you always teach me something every time we're together. So let's talk about the etymology of the word thankful. I find this very interesting. What's the history mm-hmm. of this word? Yeah, I'm fascinated by this as well. It's been around for a long, long time. And it comes from an Anglo-Saxon word meaning thankfulness. Mm. So thankfulness comes from a word, thankfulness. So, you know, we're thankful when we think rightly, right? Wow. We're thankful wow. when we think according to, I think, God's plan for our life, that we would be thankful in all circumstances and joyful in all of our circumstances. Yeah, what are we thinking about? Like, are we holding our thoughts captive? Are we seeing the good or the bad? Are we optimistic or pessimistic? Are we critical or complementary? Are we seeing God on our side or aren't we? What are we thinking about? And I think when we think about what is right and good and beautiful, not that we're not aware, you know, of the cultural chaos, but when, we're th- when we choose to go to that positive side, good heavens, we're just more positive. We're more pleasant. We're more agreeable. People want to be with us. It, it is that ethos. It's a powerful thing. So what are we thinking about? So you enjoyed finding that out as well. Yeah, I, you know, when... Uh, you know, I, I, I am uh, a person who very much is fascinated by the life of the mind. Honestly, Kathy, when it comes to that commandment to love the Lord with all of our hearts and all of our minds and all of our souls, I, I'll tell you that thought of the mind is the one that comes kind of natural to me. That's the affinity. So it is a beautiful thing for me when I when I consider the fact that if I can think right, it'll be a, reflected in my attitude, but it's also, to me, a red flag. It's a signal that I'm not thinking right when I don't have an attitude of gratitude. When mm. uh, thankfulness has left my life, then that helps me to know, wait a minute, Chris, where have you maybe not aligned with the truth? Where do you need to get back to thinking rightly. You know, you sent me over an excerpt from a book, and and I love it. It's called Cultivating Mm -hmm. Christian Character, subtitled, How to Become the Person God Wants You to Be and How to Help Others Do the Same. Mark Ziggarelli, I think is the name uh, there, Mm -hmm. Mark Ziggarelli. And uh, and in this book, what they discovered is that, uh, that gratitude is uh, the characteristic that most distinguishes high virtue Christians from average virtue Christians. Man, think about this, what they're saying. More than, more than uh, the practice of any or all of the spiritual disciplines, the number one characteristic that distinguishes high virtue uh, Christians from average virtue Christians is gratitude. That is uh, powerful and surprising. Kathy, are you there? Uh Uh-oh, I think I may have lost Kathy for just a moment, but I hope I didn't lose you. I want you to consider that for just a moment. I want you to consider the fact that high-character Christians, high-virtue Christians are known for gratitude, and so if you're thinking about how do I measure whether or not my kids are high-virtue kids, 
Man, I know that it's it's tempting to say, well, how often are they going to church? Maybe you're a youth group type of church. How often are they going to youth group? I'm going to submit to you that that is not the leading indicator of whether or not you got a high virtue kid. Whether or not you have a high virtue kid is not even seen and uh, how often they serve or volunteer. Now, that certainly is a really, really good thing. Uh, but it's seen in an attitude of gratitude. And when we don't have that, when we lose that from a culture, from a generation, then, man, are we in trouble. So here's what I want to do. I want you to call in. We're going to take a break, but I want you to call in at 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. We're going to take your questions because here's the number one thing I want to unpack with Dr. Kathy Cook. That is the question, can thankfulness be taught? Can we teach thankfulness from one generation to the next? I'd love for you to call in, chime in. If you're doing a great job of that, what are you doing to teach your children how to be kids with gratitude? What are you avoiding in order to make sure that entitlement does not settle in? How are you modeling thankfulness? And maybe there's a child you just would love for us to pray for. We'd love to be your prayer partner today. The phone number, 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. Scripture reveals that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. But what do we do when life seems to hold more struggles than satisfaction and you realize that you aren't finding your contentment in the Lord? Dr. John Piper's book, When I Don't Desire God, helps us find our way back to an abundant, joy-filled life in Christ. Get your copy when you support Equip this month. Call 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Hey there, friends, welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks, getting you ready for Thanksgiving. No, not just a day, but an attitude of Thanksgiving, a life of Thanksgiving that can change you, change the ones around you, and change the world. I don't know if you realize, but Thanksgiving and gratitude are superpowers that absolutely change our outlook on our lives, our disposition, and it changes others. Nothing can stop an attitude of gratitude. Phone number is 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. If you're having a hard time getting through, just keep trying. Also, social media is available to you right now. If you go to our Facebook page, you'll see a wonderful smiling picture of Kathy Cook. I love to hear your comments there, maybe your questions if you want us to pray with you. We'd love to be able to do that. Go to EquipRadio.org. That's EquipRadio.org. I got a sense that there might be some grandmas, grandpas out there, some moms and dads who are wanting to cultivate virtue, the virtue of gratitude in your kids, and I'd love to hear from you. Kathy Cook is back with us today. Hey, Kathy, I want to ask you, I think the question that's on the forefront of most parents' hearts uh, those who care deeply about the next generation. Is thankfulness teachable? Can thankfulness be taught? What's your answer to that? Absolutely. Character can be taught. It's Christ-likeness. 
So do they know enough about Jesus? Do they know the examples in Scripture where Christ expressed his gratitude? Are we, and we teach through our role modeling too, don't we, Chris? Yes. You know, are, are we expressing gratitude in front of our children? Even, like you were saying before, when things don't go perfectly well, do they see us um, take the time to express gratitude, even with a written note, with a quick email, with a text message, with a call to somebody to express gratitude? So they're watching that. Um, you know, one of the things that, well, I'll leave it at that. There's something else I'll say later if, the, if it comes up. But yes, it can be taught. Let's not lose hope. Let's not lose yes. hope. Yeah, and, and I love that you come back to uh, teaching it. And, and something you just said, just kind of almost as an additional statement that I think is very powerful, and that is there are multiple ways that we can express gratitude. Um, I'm a verbal person. That's why I'm a radio host. Mm-hmm. I'm a verbal person, <laughs> so verbal uh, communication comes natural to me. But writing a note is super powerful. Getting someone mm-hmm. a card Man, that can be very meaningful, expressing our thankfulness. But I do want to ask you, before I go to the phone lines, and I'm coming to you, Kim, in just a moment. Folks are calling in from all over the country, from Michigan to Illinois and points in between. But I do want to ask, what do you say to the kid that's that's an introvert? I got one of those, uh, a Mm. kid who is quiet, uh, introspective, um, on encouraging them on how to express gratitude? What a sensitive question. If they're an artist, have them draw a picture of um, what it is that they're grateful for, maybe a picture of them and their grandmother, a picture of uh, what just happened because grandmother did something that was a blessing. My great-nephew just gave me a picture that he painted of a frog. It's absolutely adorable. He's five years old in kindergarten. And I came home from having seen him out in Pennsylvania put it on my refrigerator, took a picture of it, and sent him a picture of his picture on my refrigerator for proof that I had taken him seriously and wow. expressed my gratitude. And I'm not an introvert, so I mean, I am an introvert, but that's, it's just an example of, you yes. know, yeah, sending him a picture, taking a picture with the camera. Um, maybe mom and dad script the thank you and help the kid, you know, find the words uh, for a quick phone call or for that, you know, email or a snail mail note. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's what most parents are are deeply craving. I, I'll be honest with you. I appreciate the obligatory Father's Day gift. <laughs> I uh, I'm mm. grateful for that. But what I want for my kids more than anything else is just to know that they're grateful uh, for the investment that me and and their mom, my wife, have mm. tried to make into their lives. And so I'll I'll just simply say there's something powerful about expressing gratitude in uh, whatever way you can express it. Let's go to the phone lines. Kim has been patiently listening in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hey, Kim, thank you so much for calling in. What's your question for Kathy? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, Yes, I have a question. How do we encourage teens who can... Um, I'm thinking particularly teen boys, but teens in general, who can be angry or, um, you know, just have general struggles and aren't super communicative, but not necessarily introverted, but just how do you discover, how do you encourage teens on the road to uh, expressing gratitude? 
What a great question. Again, our role modeling of that is really, really important. And teaching children why gratitude is a blessing. We're not entitled. We don't deserve anything. And so, you know, again, if we could start this when they're little itty-bitty, it would be great. If they're already teenagers, then I think we teach them why we're grateful. Because, you know, we're not we're not promised anything. We don't deserve anything. Uh, yeah, so... Mm. And it, it can't be envy. A lot of kids are not grateful because they want something else or they want something more. So to teach them to look at what they do have, like in isolation from what they want, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. and have them express. In fact, I've taught kids, what are five adjectives to describe your heart right now toward grandma's gift? You can teach them the words that they need, especially boys. Boys are not good with the emotional vocabulary. So to try to teach them, are you feeling peaceful, joyful, grateful, um, happy? Are you confused? Are you um, angry because it's not as much money as you thought? Well, let let me teach you about grandma's financial situation, right? So they wanted a 50 and they got a 20, and maybe they don't understand grandma's situation and what it is to be on a fixed income. A lot of kids today don't have a clue about that, and and that's no one's fault. We didn't have a clue when we were little either, so let's remember that. So I love your heart, Kim, for wanting them to be grateful, and I would also boldly say that if they're using a lot of technology, it's one of the reasons that gratitude is less likely, because technology has taught them that they can have what they want when they want it right now. Like things like Amazon Prime. Like I'm a huge fan of Amazon Prime, but it has ruined us. Because we think that we can have everything. You know, I live four miles from an Amazon uh, distribution center. I can order something this morning and have it tonight. And that's amazing, but that's not how the world works. Yeah, you know, first off, Kim, thank you for your heart for calling in. And I got to believe that you got a, a special guy in your in your mind when you ask that question. And so without prying and going into specific names or details, I'd just love to pray for you. Kim, uh, right now. Father, thank you so much for Kim. And Lord, I just pray for uh, the young man in her life that maybe struggles with gratitude, maybe has been in some ways misled by the broader culture and uh, struggles even with disappointment and cynicism and anger. Lord, uh, you say the heart of the king is in your hand and you turn it whatever way you will. And Mm -hmm. we know that if the heart of the king is in your hand, certainly the heart of our sons, our daughters are in your hands as well. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would take this young man's heart, first turn it towards you, And then, uh, Lord, through his heart, express your love to the people around him through gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Kim, hang in there. Don't become weary in well-doing. And thank you so much for listening. I do want to recommend to Kim and to everyone, I got a stack of your books in front of me. And they really are like uh, reference guides for me. And in Appendix B of Start With the Heart, I love what you had Steve and Joyce uh, Baker to do. Yes, uh, And yes. that is, how do you teach character? Uh, mm-hmm. And in there, they lay out four steps to teaching character or four ways. Teach by imitation. You've, you've said a lot about that today. Teach intentionally. So we have to know what virtue are we trying to teach, and let's be specific and intentional about that. Teach individually uh, when you understand how kids learn, in what ways they're smart, understanding the specific child that you're dealing with. uh, Teach them individually, and then teach with intensity. That is, the things that we're passionate about shows. 
We, we can't hide that. And so they're going to pick up on our passions. And when we're passionate about gratitude, that reflects. So hopefully that helps you, Kim. I would love for you to get a copy of Start With a Heart. It is a great book on how to motivate your kids to be compassionate, responsible, and brave. So please make sure you pick that up. I'm going to go back to the phone lines in just a moment, but before I do, I do uh, want to ask uh, Dr. Cook this question. You've alluded to technology. In some ways, I'm sympathetic for our kids. It was probably Mm -hmm. in the 90s that I began to see, man, the cultural climate really has begun, begun to be one of cynicism, almost as a virtue. It seems to me, Kathy, that uh, this generation has been raised in the waters of cynicism. How do we kind of shield, if you will, against that? Well, it's such a great point. Again, we can delay technology use and limit the use for those who are already on it, and that's our right as the parents and grandparents. They don't own the the phone. We do. We take it away if we need to. We make sure that they're playing other things. And you know what, Chris? We've got to have conversations with our kids. We've got to get them out of the dark, out of the bedroom, go for a walk, kick the football, you know, play old-fashioned frisbee, play checkers. Boys especially open up when they're busy doing something with their moms and dads. They don't like the interrogation at the kitchen table. So we've, we've got to converse with them and demonstrate through our lives what we believe and what we find false and how we discern what is right and what is evil. That's so good. That is so good. And I just want to encourage parents, it is never too late to start. And one of the things that I have been learning, and I just want to humbly say I'm a parent on this journey with you. So having Kathy on is to just start a conversation that we're all having. But one of the things I've noticed about my my sons in particular, it's true about uh, all my kids broadly, but I have a preteen son who is far more interested in spending time with me than he is in youth group, than he Mm -hmm. is in external programs, uh, some dead time shooting hoops, going for a walk, just uh, doing activities together. Man, he opens up like a flower. And I would just simply say to some dads who are listening, some parents broadly, Kathy is spot on. Let's begin to do life together And then we can have those deep, meaningful moments that lead to conversations that that can cultivate character in our kids. If you want to join the conversation, dial the number 877-LIVE. That's 877-548-3675. We'll be right back right after this. Get equipped with me, Chris Brooks, and grow spiritually, think critically, and live compassionately in your community. Go to moodyradio.org and enter for a chance to win a new Apple laptop. Grand prize winner will also win $500 in log off software, a masterclass, and more. Now, runners-up will win an equipped t-shirt or the book, One Volume Seminary. Contest ends November 14th. For a full list of prizes and to enter, go to moodyradio.org. It's a Thanksgiving Monday here at Equip. I'm so grateful that you've tuned in to join us. We're getting you ready for a month of giving thanks. One of the ways that we want to equip you is through our giveaway contest. Maybe you've already done it, but go and enter your name at moodyradio.org in the Equip Giveaway Contest. It's our way of being a blessing to you. Grand prize winner is going to get a new Apple laptop. 
Logos Bible software that's worth about $500 just the software. Uh, there's going to be many who will win a one-volume seminary education from Moody uh, Bible uh, uh, Publishers. You also get t-shirts. We got some uh, prizes there. We got a class we're giving away and so much more. Friends, if you have not yet entered, go and enter your name. I would love for you to be the grand prize winner. Just one way of us being a blessing to you at moodyradio.org. Also want to say thanks to our monthly partners, our friends. Let's finish this year strong and your generosity can help us to do that. Thank you for allowing us for 10 months out of this year to broadcast every single day. That's right, no matter what came our way, we did not miss a day. And I wanna encourage you to help us to finish strong. You could do so by dialing the number 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. And by the way, don't miss tomorrow. It's a big day in our nation, midterm elections. I'm gonna be joined by Senate Chaplain Barry Black, Also, good friend Karen Ellis is going to be joining us. We're going to spend a day in prayer for our nation, also talking about what's happening in various states and how we can make a difference for the things that matter most to the advance of the gospel. So please make sure you tune in to Equip tomorrow. With that being said, Dr. Kathy Cook is my guest. We're talking about cultivating and growing gratitude in our kids. And we want to go to the phone lines. Gloria is listening in Oak Park, Illinois. Hey, Gloria, thank you so much for listening. What's your uh, statement or comment today as we talk about cultivating gratitude? Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I was just, you know, thinking that, you know, sometimes you have to, de- you know, deprive um, kids, you know, just as well as adults. You know, a lot of times, um, you know, when you when they don't have, it makes them more appreciative, you know. So deformation, I think, sometimes would um, help them to see, you know, how grateful they can be. Well, you know, I certainly agree that we need to keep the wrong things away from our kids. I don't think that delayed gratification is a bad thing. I do think that sometimes having to wait to work hard for something is a good thing. Kathy, what do you think about Gloria's statement? Yes, I support it entirely. I'm really glad Gloria called in. Sometimes saying no to our children is the most important thing that we could ever do. To say you have enough games, you have enough hats, you have enough sweatshirts. Uh, One of the other things that I think is beneficial to give them an appreciation for what they already have is that they can help you decide what they should be giving away. You know, some parents clean out a kid's closet when the kid is at school or at youth group, but what if the child helps mom and dad decide, let's look at all of your clothes, which ones will you not wear again, because you never liked them in the first place, or, you know, they no longer fit, and do you know of someone that you would like to give them to? And if not, we'll box them up and we'll take them over to, you know, a homeless shelter or a women's center or something like that. I know of a family who began to um, decide which games that were not age-appropriate anymore, that they enjoyed, but they no longer enjoy them. And that's the thing. You can give things away even if you have emotional attachment to them. And there was a family, and one of the boys had a foster child in his class at school, which the parents did not know anything about. And their son said, hey, I think this new kid in my class could really benefit from my clothes. Maybe he would even like some of my books. And it was a precious moment for that child to make that decision. And it's, that's a way you cultivate gratitude is that you help them appreciate what they already have and who around them would benefit from it even more than they have. 
I so appreciate you, Gloria, giving us a call. You probably could do a parenting course, Gloria. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling. I know for us in the Brooks household, there's an event that to me always kicks off the holidays for our family, and it's called Boxes of Love, and it is it is our outreach as a church and throughout our region, a lot of churches participate in this, and that is giving Thanksgiving Day boxes to families in need. And uh, my kids have been helping me to serve. It's, it's typically the Saturday morning before Thanksgiving, and it has been a hallmark in our family of waking up that morning, getting dressed, and going door-to-door, dropping off boxes, and uh, they've grown up with it. And I think some of those rhythms or traditions are really, really important. I kind of want to flip the script a little bit, and I want to talk to you, Kathy, about um, the danger of being thankful for the wrong things. You know, the Bible Mm. says in Isaiah 5 and 20, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. We know that we're living in a day and age that, man, encourage thankfulness for the wrong things. What what do we need to do or uh, how do we protect our kids from looking at the way our culture is going and the celebration of so much that the Bible would condemn how do we help them to not fall prey to showing gratitude for what is not good? What a great question. So we have to know the truth, first of all, the biblical yeah. truth of what is right and what is wrong, good and evil. And then again, we teach it to our kids, and we are examples of that. A lot of children don't know what the Scripture says about certain things, and that's not their fault. They're young, or they haven't been exposed to those truths yet. So let's not assume that they should know this. Let's make sure that we've taught them that this is what God would say about these kinds of issues, ideas, decisions, choices that people are making. And we, and we demonstrate compassion we demonstrate um, grace and mercy, truth and empathy, you know, correctly. We celebrate what is right. I think that one of the ways that we make sure we're not celebrating what is wrong is that we do celebrate what is right. And we, we, don't, we don't do it in somebody's face kind of in the wrong way. But, um, wow, that's a thought-provoking question. So, yeah, do we know what's right? Do we celebrate what's right? And one of the things that I'm teaching parents is, you know, our neighbors, they don't know Jesus. Like, they haven't read the scripture. They have a different standard. We're going to love them because God would call us to love everyone. We're not going to judge them as being horrible people. They don't know what they don't know. But yeah, in our right. family, you know, in our family, yes. this is what is true. And so this is what we celebrate in our family. And just because our neighbors celebrate something that we know is evil and sinful and, and absolutely unhealthy for them, we're, we're not going to celebrate it even though we love them. Those are the conversations to have, right, Chris? Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, we have this saying, Kathy, around our house, and that is that the goal is to be righteous without being self-righteous. And, mm. um, and that's not always easy. Like, our goal is not to think less of the persons or people around us. It is to always treat everyone with love, respect, and dignity, even those that we would differ with and disagree with, but certainly it is to know the truth of God's word. Now, that's not me saying, hey, to each his own, and there's many pathways to heaven, but what it is to say Mm -hmm. that those who we will reach, we must first love, and I think that um, if we're going to train up kids who know how to build bridges of relationships strong enough to carry the weight of the gospel, 
uh, with their friends and neighbors, uh, then they're going to have to know how do I navigate in a world where, hey, most of the people are going to disagree with me. You know, the Bible says this, that mm-hmm. broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many will go down it. Uh, narrow is the way that leads to salvation or eternal life, and few will find it. And so we have to know that the numbers are not necessarily in our favor, so we're not mm-hmm. going to always have people celebrating with us. Jesus said to his disciples on the eve of his crucifixion that you're going to weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And so there's going to be times when our celebration won't be in line with the world's, and we we can't wait for that, but we need to, as much as we can, when we see that happening, see that as a reminder of the fact that the world needs to be reached with the, with the message of God's grace. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Amen and amen. And I would add, too, that I think we, we can benefit, our children will benefit when we teach beyond the isolated verse. Um, for instance, yes. 1 Corinthians 13. I love challenging parents to read that love passage that might have been recited at their wedding ceremony as a parent-child relationship. And, and then to talk with your kids about the definition of love. Why is it right that yes. love is patient? Why yes. is it wise that love is not uh, self-centered and that love never ends? And if this is true, and of course it is because it's in the relevant true word of God, then what does that look like? Do, how do we love people who are for us and for God? And how do we love people who may not agree with us, uh, but still were created in the image of God? Um, so let's teach truth that helps kids believe that God's idea is a good idea, right? It's good because it's in the scripture and it's good because God says it's good, but to expand upon it with other character qualities, with other examples, with demonstrations from our lives and our stories, I think will really help kids then want to follow God's best for them, not just because Mm. dad said so, but because they realize that God is a wise God and his standards and his expectations and his boundaries are wonderful because love is his goal, and it works this way. You know, one of the th- books, and we got a number of your books in front of us, one of the books we've alluded to uh, the heart of it uh, throughout this conversation that you wrote is called Screens and Teens, Connecting with Our Kids in a Wireless World. What were you hoping to accomplish when you wrote this book? I wanted parents in particular to understand that they're not bad parents if their kids are becoming argumentative and complaining and entitled, and their kids aren't bad kids, but that technology is changing the way a child's brain is wired and the way their heart operates. And this is why we must teach truth, especially if we allow our kids to have our devices. So I really wrote it to give hope to parents that they can change the internal bent of their kid by understanding how technology is informing the kid of how life works and then showing them a better example. You know, so many people have written books, Kathy, and I just want to commend you on the dangers mm-hmm. of technology. And most of the time, it is to protect kids from sexual predators or being mm-hmm. taken advantage of by other nefarious actors in um, in the uh, web world, if you will. Uh, but But your book really has taken up the question of what's happening in their character. So just again, some of the lies that they're being told when they uh, when our lives are inundated with technology, they're being told, I am the center of my own universe. They're being told, I deserve to be happy all the time. 
They're being told, I must have choices. They're also being told, I am my own authority. And then finally, information is all I need, so I don't. Listen, I'm telling you right now, so I don't need teachers, rather. I'm telling you right now, these are being instilled in the character of our kids to the point where these are unquestionable messages. Like you can't Mm -hmm. even challenge it. And so just know this. We're never going to be in a world any longer where you can fully insulate your kids from technology. But you certainly can manage it. You certainly have to have a discipleship plan on how to engage with it. And uh, as Kathy has said, we'll start with your heart. Let's start with the heart. You got to win their heart so that you can have the screen conversation because there's not enough parental uh, 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 safety guards in all the world to protect against what they are craving for from a sinful perspective. And so if you really want kids to interact with technology the right way, you got to raise kids with virtue. Friends, whether it is eight great smarts, screens and teens, start with the heart. I want to encourage you to pick up one of Kathy's books today. Go to our website. Find out how to order at equipradio.org, equipradio.org. Now, when we come back, I'm going to ask Kathy, can gratitude be a tool for evangelism? Talk about that next up on Equip. Hey, Equippers, thank you for blessing us with your faithful monthly support. You should have received an email detailing how to sign up for our next interactive Zoom webinar. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you. Now, if you're not an Equipper and you want to attend, all you have to do to become a monthly partner is call 888-644-4144 or go online to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Friends, tomorrow we vote, and then we will process and digest the outcome and the implications of that vote for the days and weeks to come. But I do want you to mark your calendar for November 17th. If you're a monthly partner, November 17th, I want you to join me because we're going to talk about the Christian in politics in our Zoom webinar. That's our next quarterly Zoom webinar. It's an intimate opportunity for you and I to talk about matters that are most important to our culture and to the Christian faith. And what we're going to talk about in that conversation is how do we advance Christian virtues in our culture, in our community, in our society? How do we advance in in particular in light of the outcome of tomorrow's election? We're going to have a lot to process And you're probably going to have mixed emotions on Wednesday. A lot of us will. Some of the things we hope to happen will happen. Some won't. But we better have a game plan. And we're going to talk about how we could still advance Christian virtues in our culture. So make sure if you've not yet registered that you do so. Again, this is a great opportunity for us to connect face-to-face, heart-to-heart. That's coming up. All right, Kathy Cook, couple final questions one is um, one about evangelism. Uh, can we use gratitude or teach our kids even to use gratitude as a way of witness to Christ? I love that question because it demonstrates, again, your heart for the lost. 
and that it is our responsibility to really win them, you know, not, well, you know what I mean. It's just a joy for us, right, to serve God by talking about him and his son and letting people know. So, yes, the short answer is yes, we can use it. You know what, Chris, I think gratitude makes us attractive. Yes. I think gratitude is so uncommon in our culture that when we are grateful people and when we have said, you know, please and thank you to our neighbors and when we've acknowledged the kindness of someone, they want to maybe spend more time with us. Maybe they even want to know more about us because it seems so different to them that we would be optimistic and outgoing and confident and full of hope even in a challenging time like we live in. And so in that way, I think we earn the right to be heard. I also think that, of course, we can talk about um, God is in control, therefore I'm at peace, and I'm grateful for that. In other words, a lot of people don't want to know the God of the Bible because they want to be in control of their own life, and they've been told or they believe that if they come to faith in Christ, they'll have no more choice and no more control, which, of course, is not true. We love that God is sovereign and is in control. He's on the throne. He knows what's going on. He's not surprised by anything, and that allows me to live at peace. And, and I pray expecting him to be on my side. And that gives me great hope and confidence and rest in these tumultuous times. And I think that is maybe a message that somebody out there maybe needs to hear. And one last comment, there's a ministry that just helped me out here yesterday. I had a lizard in my home, believe it or not. I live in Fort Worth, <laughs> Texas. A lizard, a large lizard, had come decided to live in my home. I was not happy about this. I didn't wow. want to get near it. I posted on Facebook, could anybody help me? A family who had heard me speak at an event and follows me on social media drove 30 minutes and came to my house and caught that lizard. Seven children, no, five kids, five kids, two adults. They brought all the stuff that they needed and rescued me from this lizard that was in my house. No joke. Now, I'm already saved, obviously, but the example is they have a helping hearts, helping hands ministry. And their goal as a family is to say yes. So they saw my Facebook post. It was like 4 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. They changed their clothes. They came over in the evening, 30-minute drive, and rescued me from this lizard. And they were the most gracious people. So a helping hands ministry, um, we've got your heart ministry, is going to show people what Jesus is all about, which is meeting people's needs. So yes, yes, and yes. I'm so glad they came to your rescue. Oh, I'm so grateful. (laughs) I'm grateful times two. I yes. get, like they were my heroes. It that was amazing. Is so good. Well, you know, oh, one of the things so we, get, we get a chance to do Thanksgiving is around the corner, show hospitality. I think that's great. But just mm-hmm. real quickly with about 60 seconds, how can we leverage Thanksgiving to cultivate gratitude in the hearts of our kids? Could we not do it just one day a year? Yes. Like, could we collect clothes for the needy? Could we do backpacks, not just in August, but also January, when school starts back up for the underprivileged? Could we do food boxes on more than Thanksgiving and Christmas? You know, what about once a month? I think, yeah, so Thanksgiving is not a day of the year. Thanksgiving ought to be who we are. We need to talk about it. We need to plan for it. We need to give our kids practical steps that they can take. You know what, Chris? They feel better about themselves when they look beyond themselves. It's not natural, but they will feel better about themselves when they do it, and that's on us to make that happen. Kathy, you're a blessing. Thank you for joining me today. And friends, maybe let's cook a meal for somebody. Buy a meal for somebody. Let's spend time with our kids. Let's demonstrate for them our own gratitude. And let's watch God do amazing things in producing thankfulness 
in their hearts. My guest today has been Kathy Cook. I encourage you, get her books, A Great Smart, Start with the Heart, Screens and Teams, so much more. And I can't wait till we're together again next time. Until then, as always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Well, hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. Have you exercised your right to vote yet? As we take up our civic responsibility, we also have to engage in our special calling to pray for our leaders. I'm going to be joined by several guests who will guide us through a process of committing ourselves and our nation to the Lord. Don't miss this special Election Day edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central, on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.